Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. This week's episode features two fantastic music educators. Rachel Maxwell currently serves as the Director of Bands at Trauber Junior High School in Oswego, Illinois. She has taught music education courses at Vandercook College of Music and has been invited to be a guest conductor, clinician, and adjudicator at a number of music camps and festivals nationally, including the Music for All National Summer Symposium and many others. Under her direction, the bands at Trauber Junior High School have received national acclaim and have performed at the Midwest Clinic, the Illinois Music Educators Association All-State Conference, the University of Illinois Super State Festival, and at the ASBDA National Convention. She is the author of thebandroomspage.com and also serves on the advisory team for the Dynamic Professional Learning Facebook site, Band Directors Group, a worldwide professional learning community. Joshua Johnson currently serves as the Associate Director of Bands at Trauber Junior High School in Oswego, Illinois. Prior to coming to Oswego, Josh served as Director of Bands at North Kirkwood Middle School and Associate Director of Bands in Kirkwood, Missouri. Joshua attended the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign where he received his Bachelor's of Music Education degree with honors. Josh has been recognized by the Illinois State Board of Education in 2021 as a finalist for the 2021 Outstanding Early Educator Division of Illinois Teacher of the Year. He was also the recipient of the 2021 Outstanding Early Educator Award of Meritorious Service. Josh spent two years serving as conductor drum major for the two-time Drum Corps International World Champion Phantom Regiment Drum and Bugle Corps. He is still very active in the marching band community. Josh has worked as a designer, instructor, choreographer, and judge throughout the states of Missouri and Illinois. It is my pleasure uh, on this week's podcast episode to welcome a rare duet. Uh, we have Josh Johnson and Rachel Maxwell from the Trauber Junior High School. Uh, first of all, Josh and Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Thanks thank for, you having, for us. having us today. Yeah, this is fun. So I love talking to uh, you know pairs of music educators. And before we get into your program and how you teach together, I'd like to get to know you a little bit uh, because this is actually the first time we're meeting. You came very highly recommended uh, by Mike Olander. And in the few minutes we talked before the interview, I can see why already. Why don't, we'll start with Rachel. Why don't you um, give us like a thumbnail sketch of your career, you know, from your being a, a young musician up to where you are now at Trauber. So, and sure. then we'll turn it over to Josh. Okay, sure. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, not too far from where I'm teaching. We teach in a Chicago suburb right now. And uh, my whole life, I knew I wanted to be a musician of some sort. It was a big, big deal on my dad's side of the family. They were all uh, in the rock scene, in local bands, that kind of thing. And they thought that was the way I should go. But I was like, no, 
I want to be in an orchestra. And so, <laughs> exactly, because my grandma would take me to all these concert series they had in Rockford. They had these amazing concert series. And so I always thought, oh, that's what that's what I want to do. So I was um, really lucky. I had a fantastic junior high band director, Martin McDaniel. And um, I'm also a well well known to be a super horse nerd. I'm into horses still. And I was when I was little too. So this this ties together though. So we get to- You know, sorry, Rachel, to interrupt. You are now the second horse nerd that I've spoken to. So there oh. must be something yes. about fantastic music educators who love horses. Yes. So I So we get to beginning band and I- wanted to play the flute more than anything because this was the early 80s and I thought nothing would be cooler than playing The Rose by Bette Midler on the flute. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> okay, so, but people of a certain age will appreciate what I'm saying here. So I thought that, would, in my sixth grade mind, I thought that would be so cool. And, um, but I got to band and all the flute spots filled up very fast and he said, I need four French horns. And I saw that French horn that he held up and in my mind, somehow it was associated with horses, like the whole hunting horn thing. And ah. I was like, that seems like something to do with horses. I'll do it. And cool. right? It, the weird thing is kids, the weird reasons kids pick instruments. And I'm, I was so lucky that it happened to be a good fit. Thank goodness, right? And it was a perfect fit. I, I was really into it right away. Um, I was super lucky when I went to high school as a freshman, I got into the area youth orchestra which was exceptional. Reso is called as an offshoot of the Rockford Symphony at the time. Uh, my horn teacher was just a real dynamic person, Christine Bandry, who got me real excited about all things music and band. And I had a very good, but super old school band director at Guilford High School, and we did a ton of transcriptions. So I knew all these, the standard literature transcriptions, and I didn't even realize what I, what I knew and what I was doing. Right. And, um, then I had lots of friends who were in the Phantom Regiment because I was a townie and my junior high band director, Martin McDaniel was actually on their staff at the time. So I followed all the cool kids who are a couple years older than me, kind of like fangirled on them being in the core. Yep. And so at the end of my sophomore year, um, wait, let's see. Yes. After my sophomore year, I decided, okay, I'm going to march. And so I tried out. And so I was a member of Phantom Regiment from, oh. 1987, my junior in high school through college, 91. And um, I also got to play in like the Bloyd Symphony and did some really cool things as a high school kid that my teachers just were really supportive of me, you know, trying things. And then I went to Illinois State. Dr. Joe Neisler uh, recruited me down there and it was just the perfect place for me at the perfect time. Um, the studio was growing, but it just a really, fine group of musicians I was surrounded by. So I was super fortunate. Dr. Steele was my band director down at ISU and really pushed us. Um, so that combination of being in the core, being at ISU at the right time was exceptional for me. And I got out and uh, taught elementary band for two years at West Aurora School District, which is a neighboring district of where I am now. And then in my third year, a position over here in Oswego opened up and they had a really fine reputation, particularly at the middle school. And I knew I enjoyed the elementary kids, but that I would want a little bit um, wider range of age to work with. And so I um, kind of interviewed with Marjean on a fluke and I got the position and I've been here since 1995. Wow. Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, I did get a master's degree at University of Illinois in music ed. I went through the summer program and that was back in the late nineties. And it was a tremendous, highly influential 
program on my thought process and my approach. Um, and then I did get a degree in educational leadership thinking, oh, maybe someday I want to do the administrator thing. Well, no, yeah. you, no. I mean, I'm so glad to have that knowledge base and what I experienced, but after doing my internship, I just couldn't come to grips with never being able to select music again or work with these kind of kids or the things that being part of an ensemble brings you, you know, um, but I certainly appreciate the work I did with that degree. And um, yeah, so we've just been finding new misadventures every year to keep ourselves busy and keep the ensemble moving forward and keep setting true. new, yeah, every year we're like, what should we do next? And uh, we set up new goals and just try to keep ourselves and the kids excited and uh, switch it up quite a bit. Um, try to do things a little differently every year, like keep what works, tweak what doesn't. And right. yeah, so this is you uh, ending your 28 for me. And um, you'll see some crossover in me. Josh and I have like a, a very interesting crossover story. And um, it's like they took two uh, Marvel universes and then combined <laughs> us in our own show is what is happening. Okay, so, let, so Josh, tell he can take it. Uh, so I grew up in O'Fallon, Illinois, and I actually did not grow up with a musical family. Nobody in my family um, was inclined for band or anything. My mom sang in choir at church, and that's kind of what my experience was. And actually, uh, I joined band in seventh grade. I started on the saxophone. Um, I wanted to join earlier, but I felt as if because my parents worked late, I would not be able to make it to band. So I kind of used that to um, help steer kids when they're trying to get into band to start and then eventually went on through middle school band and that was a great experience for me i went to high school band and my band director was dr melissa gustafson hines from o'fallon illinois and uh, she had a very 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 large influence on me and originally i thought i was going to be like a congressman um but with how she was it really influenced me to become a music educator and i also had a lot of other really fantastic teachers that weren't in music, but it just really gave me that extra push to go the education route. Um, as I finished high school, I decided to go to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and I was recruited by uh, Dr. Robert Rumbelow and by Professor John D, who's the professor there. And I went to U of I, and I had some amazing mentors. All of my band directors there have had such a large influence on me uh, back then and now. So uh, Dr. Steve Peterson, Dr. Beth Peterson, Dr. Linda Morehouse, Professor Barry Hauser, all had a very, very large influence on me. Um, and it's actually pretty funny that when I was in college, I was always very, I will never teach middle school. I cannot imagine teaching middle school. And a lot of them were like, you're going to teach middle school. And I'm like, <laughs> I really don't think so. But Lord and behold, here we are. Um, year four for me. And I am full time teaching middle school. And I love it. Um, when I first started teaching, I actually got a job in Missouri at Kirkwood School District, which is a very affluent uh, area suburb of St. Louis. And I taught there for a couple of years. I was the uh, head band director at the middle school and I was an assistant band director of the high school. And I enjoyed doing both. And that experience uh, gave me a lot of uh, different things. And I think particularly coming to Trauber after that, uh, just having a large program to deal with and just dealing with kids of all different ages and uh, backgrounds and ability levels really helped me for when I came to Trauber in year three. And actually uh, the way that Rachel and I met, I also marched Phantom Regiment. Ah, and there you go. I, 
I was a drum major for 2015, 2016. I was a drum major for two years. Um, Rachel and I met at the, I hope I can say this, at the Phantom Regiment Beer Tent. What did I show? Absolutely say it. It's actually quite funny because my high school band director was her college roommate. So that's kind of how we got connected. Uh, but she said, I know the perfect person <laughs> to come work with you. Oh, and she great. said, I think you two would hit it off. So we're like, really? Hmm. And, and then a couple beers later and yep. a couple years really? later, here we are. Exactly. <laughs> Rocking and rolling. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's really funny because we have so many uh, common friends and colleagues and experiences, yet our experience is about 30 years apart. <laughs> yeah. So it's just really interesting seeing uh, Josh's perspective on some of the same experiences I've had or just like how he knows people in a different way, but we have, our worlds overlap quite a bit. We like had a conversation like, today. Like, in fact, yes. Some, some people that taught me and Rachel's like, oh, that person. I'm like, that person really? I was like, they are hard on everybody. And they're like, they were so sweet for us. I was like, oh, they, they've settled down in their, their time between the two of us. So that's been really an interesting part of us working together for sure. Oh, that's great. First of all, you know, music education is, is really a small world. Uh, so Rachel, you and I are exactly the same age. I was listening and, and a very, very, very similar story. I'm a tuba player. Okay. Um, and um, I, uh, one of my, one of my absolute uh, favorite music educators of all times is David Williams, who taught at Illinois State. Uh, I did, I did some conferences there uh, a long time ago, and I was actually um, uh, up for the position to replace Sam Reese at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign probably 2006, 2007, when he was retiring. Got uh, so it. Very, very small world. We all kind of know the same people, I'm sure. But of course. Thank, thank you so much for giving us that. I'd love to hear a little bit about the program. Like, where is Trauber High School? What kind of community? And what does your music program look like? And I think most importantly, you know, I taught my whole career in New Jersey. And the idea of having two band directors in one middle school is just not something that is a reality anywhere that I know on the East Coast. So I'd love to know, like, give us an idea of how that works, working together and paint a picture of Trauber and your program. Well, when I first got here, it was significantly smaller program, obviously. Um, we were a farm town. I mean, hardcore farm town. We also had a drag race strip that was very famous uh, right out the outskirts of town. They would like every, racing drag race. Like drag race. Okay. Drag race. Okay. Yes, yes. That was like what Las <laughs> was known for. And when I got here, I mean, it was, I don't know, 6,000 people in the town. It was tiny. It was like a farm town. We were not a suburb. Now we are most definitely a suburb, you know, 35,000 people. Our wow. school just serves 20,000 kids. Our school has 1,100 students in it, grades six, seven, and eight. Wow. And so- yeah, observing that and just being a part of that evolution from towny farm kids, you know, to um, what's, you know, development are you in and going from two elementary schools to, I don't know, we have like 15, 15 something like lot. that. I don't know. We have a lot. So it's been crazy to live through this. And one thing that's been constant, thank goodness, is it has always been a banned town. Um this is the 88th year of Trauber Band, and wow. I'm, we've had three primary directors in 88 years. And so I think there's just this long history of, you know, the person before me was here for 30 years, person before them was 35 years. So it's been really, um, I'm, I have kids coming through who's, who I had. I have grandkids coming through the band. Let's put it that way. Like I had the kids in band and now their kids are coming through the band, which is awesome. 
and uh, or everybody else in town had Mrs. Pappas who came before me. Josh was just saying he got a vaccine. We got we're vaccinated. That's why we're in the same room together. Hooray. Yeah. When he did a second, that's why we're together. When he did a second dose, the girl said, I was in band. That was, and he like did a TNT marching band <laughs> shout out and she was all happy. So, you know, it's just something that's really a big part of the town culture and has always been. Um, kids do like Oswego Youth Tackle Football and they do band. And that's just been a real staple for us, thank goodness. So um, I will say though, I did not get a second director until we hit 300 kids in the band program oh, and I was in the fetal, yeah, I was in the fetal position underneath my principal's desk <laughs> and I rocking back and forth. And I said, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I have, you know, 80 kids in a class of beginner. I, I, I'm going to have a breakdown and they finally budged and we got like a 0.7 person for a few years. And then finally, when we went over 350, we got a second full-time person. So, Normally we have around 400, 410 in our band program. Oh my yeah, That's goodness. three grade that's levels, six, seven, and eight. We start our sixth graders. We start our beginners in sixth grade um, when they transition to the middle school. Um, COVID though, like everybody else, you know, is just not a good thing for performance classes. So we're down to about 310 right now, which is still... Admirable we love yes and i mean we're very proud of those numbers still and the number of kids in our school that are interested and active in band but we've taken a hit and it's a little weird you know looking at our current beginners instead of 160 kids it's like 108 kids um and we're trying to recruit for next year right now online and so we're not you know we're used to seeing these 150 person <clears throat> beginner bands and right now we're you know it's about 100 you know so we're not sure if we're the kids that would have maybe just been like the social members who mm -hmm. casually like band because they see their friends and it's a thing to do. We're not getting those kids. And those are the kids that sometimes fade out as well, or I, we're not sure. So we're going to have to kind of see how all this plays out, but we divide our bands by grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. In the past, um, as the schedules allowed, we've had one jazz band, two jazz bands. We've had an extracurricular wind ensemble, Right now, we don't have any curricular, extracurricular bands running just because of um, the constraints to seeing the kids. We're in hybrid right now. But normally, right now, we have one jazz band, and sometimes we will do a percussion ensemble as well, depending on the our schedules and if the kids are interested in that sort of thing. So um, something else unusual is we divide the kids um, into, we divide each grade level band in half. So our beginners have three sections of beginning band class. So we have a clarinet class, a brass class, a woodwind slash percussion class. And then our seventh grade is divided into a woodwind and percussion class. And then they have a seventh grade brass class and the eighth is the same way. And then when we wanna combine the kids for concerts, we'll just do a full band rehearsal either before school or if the lunch schedules work out, we'll try to do it that way as well. And we've had this schedule for a long time, about 10 years I've split the band since they've gotten so big. And right. um, we just find that you know, teaching wise, getting to know the kids, efficiency, that split just works really well for us. And um, I've written about and presented pretty extensively about my thoughts on ability-based bands and I'm not against them in any way, but for us, it works keeping our kids in grade levels because we find a lot of peer support and development for the kids that are the late bloomers. 
and a lot of social support. And we keep a lot of kids, I think, that normally would fall by the wayside Mm -hmm. and be like the bottom of that second band kind of kid that maybe wouldn't be encouraged to go on. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons we do have, I think, the big numbers is um, we don't do chairs. We rotate. We don't have rank. I mean, we try, if we're going to say the kids, every person in this band program is critical to our success, every person matters, then we have to follow through with that, with our policies, with our practices, with our teaching. So we work really hard. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm smiling. Uh, I I love that philosophy. And I'm sure that that is one of many reasons why your program, I mean, when you said, oh, we're down to 108 and oh, we're, you know, most of my entire middle school band program in New Jersey, sixth, seventh, eighth grade was if I had 100 kids, I'd be celebrating for, for, for the, you know, across three grade levels. So sure. uh, that, that, that just extraordinary numbers there, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we're very proud of that. And we're very excited. And we're very appreciative of what it takes to make that happen. I mean, our administration really values what we do and what the kids are doing and learning. And they are so helpful to us in trying to make the schedule work. And they understand that if we wanna have something special, then it takes special effort to make it happen in the schedule. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a beautiful facility that's about 10 years old that Wanger actually helped design with our, um, our architects and such. And it's just, they've always taken it very seriously and treated it as a very important part of the school culture. And, um, I feel like I'm sort of the caretaker of that and I'm passing it on. And um, if it works out, we'll pass it on to Mr. Johnson. He's looking at me like, all this on me. <laughs> yes, we'll pass it on to Mr. Johnson because my retirement is looming. You know, it's coming up eventually here. But um, I don't know, maybe Josh could also say a little bit about how we have presented as well about, even though we're in a grade level band, our expectation of performance mm-hmm. levels and the, some of the things we've been able to do with the kids, even though it's not an audition or a leveled band. Yeah, um, and that's something that even, it's kind of amazing how, um, even though Rachel and I didn't teach for the first couple of years, a lot of our philosophies are very similar. And one thing that we're very passionate about and very um, big on is just keeping the kids with their grade level. Um, I just feel like, like Rachel said, as far as the socialization and making sure all the kids are in the same spot, I, you know, I think of it almost like a benchmark. Like when you get to sixth grade, you should know these things and you go to seventh grade, you know these things. And I feel like sometimes when you get into ability based bands um, in the middle school level, then you kind of lose sight of some of those really important fundamental things that the kids should know. Um, and as far as everything goes with our kiddos, you know, we still, although we do have really big groups and we have all the kids that you know, by grade level, we really, really, really do believe in excellence. And we try to do everything to the best of our ability. And, you know, we, we are very appreciative of just how hard our kids work. And I think that's one thing that I've kind of noticed is kids are kids everywhere, but just with the culture here in Oswego and at Trauber, it's been really amazing to just see how hardworking the kids are and how receptive the kids are, because, because it's certainly not the case everywhere. Um, And so, and that also, goes for our administrators they are just beyond helpful beyond supportive they're at every event they are you know anything that we need really i mean they just they help us they help us they help us help the kids really Mm -hmm. is what it's like and you know and we're really proud like we've played at our all-state conference several times we did a combined concert with a couple other ensembles um at chicago symphony orchestra hall a couple years ago we've done um we did a 
clinic at Midwest a couple of years ago where I had my full band there as part of the clinic. Wow. Um, we do super, we've made super. No state. pressure, no pressure. <laughs> right. Where I'm, and, and, but, you know, I kind of said to the kids, it's okay if you, they see you acting like complete goofs in the, uh, you know, in the exhibit hall, because then they'll appreciate what I'm able to get you people to do. Then even more, they'll be like, oh my God, those tribal kids are everywhere. So, you know, we're trying to balance it between what kind of experiences is this for these kids as humans and what, can we push them out of their comfort yeah. level? Yep. A little bit of both of those things. So, and I guess that kind of integrates beautifully into how we integrate technology because obviously with those huge numbers, it all started originally as um, a desperate need to automate some things that I just could not handle doing live and in person. Right. Um, and, you know, and it was a very gradual evolution of, um, but I've always, loved embracing like technology. I was an early user of smart music, hardcore for years. Mm -hmm. um, we're baby, like brand new baby music first mm -hmm. users mm -hmm. with our sixth graders. And there's a lot of things about that we're really excited about as well. And just, um, but I have to say it, like our technology started as a communication tool first, you know, like with everybody, <laughs> I think, just um, keeping our communication to parents organized and clear with this kind of size of size of groups um and then eventually probably about 15 years ago i started really heavily using the smart music because i found kids don't tell the truth on practice records <laughs> i'll say that one more time oh for people gosh. in the back kids That's universal practice <laughs> mm -hmm. so i thought why am i doing practice records when i could just put a few assignments in to an automated program and I can track how much they practiced it. It gives them a real goal instead of just turning on a clock. You know, it's a really, I know I don't practice just to practice. Well, and, yeah. And you don't encourage the kids to lie. And right, why would I reward lying or just something that's so, it's, it makes no sense. It's the opposite of how I know I operate. And I know Mr. Johnson doesn't practice just to practice. <laughs> so, but if we have a reason to practice, I certainly will. So I tried to, I thought if I give re kids reasons to practice or reasons to be accountable, and something that is replicating what they actually do with their instrument, then it will matter. Then it, it, it's something where it's a valid way to measure what they're doing and see what they're doing. So we do hear the kids live mm -hmm. in class at least once a week uh, for some kind of assessment. Wait, and can I, did, can I just stop you there for a minute? So um, before we get too far into the tech thing, are you meeting with the students live? We are now. Um, we are in a hybrid right now. Okay. So we see half of our kids, no, a third of our kids Monday, Tuesday, the other third Thursday, Friday, mm -hmm. everybody remote on Wednesdays. And then we have another third of kids that are remote every single day. Got it. Got it. So, but you, but the band kids are playing their instruments. Do they have masks on? Yep. Correct. We yep. Have, yep. We call them band pajamas. So we have bell covers for them. I'm like, and then we have face masks for everyone. We're spread out. So, and since we only have about you know, a third of our kids at any given point, we can space out pretty well in the band room. Now, air, we bought two big air filters for the room um, and the kids grab a wipe and a paper towel when they enter, the paper towel for condensation, they wipe their area before and after. Each class does that and it's worked out really It's worked out easily. pretty well. The kids have been really great about it. And the other thing too with that schedule is that we um, obviously during the hybrid, well, I'm not sure for every district, but for our district, they kind of have the expectation of where the kids at home are following the kids who are in person and that's fine and dandy, but it's also very, very hard. And so um, just with us being able to co-teach everything, 
Rachel will have for the eighth grade, she'll have the kids in person and then I'll deal with the kids online doing a separate lesson. So we kind of do two different lessons every day and we just kind of split everything that way. And that's actually proven to be pretty good for our kids as well, just so they're not listening to the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. So and then it kind of works out because like those Monday, Tuesday remote kids, they'll have a real tech heavy lesson where they have to record the scale of the week maybe a rhythm set. They might go on and play some kind of like in quizzes. We love that game because it self grades and loads it into Google Classroom for us, you know, time saver, a theory thing. And then they'll have like an excerpt they have to play into, you know, their music program. Um, and so Josh will monitor that and guide them through the warm up and such. But then they have like a chunk of time, you know, about 20 minutes left to do their work. They turn off their cameras, do your work, da, 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 I'm here for help, that kind of thing. Yep. And then Tuesday they would, catch up or make up anything mm -hmm. anybody who's done with that work then can hop on my link and follow along the live in-person kids and play concert music then and all the things we're doing with the online kids i feel are things we normally do with our band when anyway. we're all mm -hmm. in a normal everyday full day band situation like we would do the rhythm set we would do the scale of the day we right. would do an etude or a little sight reading and then move into concert music but we've just separated those because the kids I think are so desperate to just get together with their friends and play. Yeah. They don't want to do the fussy stuff when yep. they finally come in person. So we're trying to do the fussy stuff online that maybe is like not as fun. Not as potentially. fun. Potentially. No, which is fine. fine. And and then when they do come to person, make it a big deal, like, okay, we're gonna do some long tone warm-up, check some pitch, do a little rhythm, and boom, let's hit the ground running and hit some full band music. So yeah, I, can I just stop you for a moment? Because if you were if, if this was five years ago and I played what you just said, the recording of what you were just describing, the two of you of your program five years ago, you would think that you were speaking gibberish. I mean, yes. that you are, are making it work in by any means necessary and band pajamas and uh, <laughs> hybrid kids and kids online doing, I mean, it is bizarre. But I, I think what I have learned uh, in this past, you know, um, the, it's almost exactly a year. We're recording mm -hmm. this on March 10th. So it'll be a year, March 13th, at least for where I live in New York. Um, over that past year, I've, I've heard of music teachers, many of whom are despondent and, and, and have no hope. Uh, where I live in New York, there is no such thing as in-person band at all. Mm -hmm. There is zero. They, the only kids that are playing live are orchestras. Mm. Um, but most choirs and or and bands are absolutely not playing. So to hear you uh, describe what you're doing and the and the lengths to which you know going and buying air filters for a band room, um, you know, is extraordinary. And I hope it gives listeners hope that you can do it. You just have to kind of look for a creative way uh, to do it. Now, if I can, because yeah. we don't have too much more time together, I want to. You know, so you're, you said you were baby music first users. I'd love to know what of music first you're using and how you're using it. Well, we have the whole, our whole district bought a suite this year. Um, so we have, I don't even know what do we have in it. I have practice first. Okay. That's like our big, big, big one that we need because right. we need a way to have kids practice productively and work on music that we don't have to monitor every minute of every time or, or check on our own. We just need that automation as part of it uh, with this many kids. And so I know like the theories in there and the ear training and there's mm -hmm. a several of them, but to be honest, we had a lot of that stuff built 
going into the school year already. Like yeah. I'm a huge, you know, we have tons of Google form right. self-writing theory tests that we had already constructed. We have- And how painful um, was that, right? I mean, it took forever. You know, I mean, so those are all ready to go. So I'm like, I'm not gonna throw, I, I like these still, maybe I'll import them later, whatever. And we were, um, we just started our beginners at the end of January, the whole first semester, they were online only and we did not do instruments because I swore a year ago, like you were saying, I will never start kids online. They have to be live. They have to be in person. I have to be able to see their face. I have to be able to see their embouchure. Well, a year later, I've realized that I don't have to do any of those things to make this work, that right. we're making it, it work how we're doing it. So we dove into music first. And so far, um, we're using practice first for 99% of what we use on it. And um, we're doing it with our beginners because we didn't want to shell shock the older kids and switch platforms on them because yep. those kids all knew smart music. So they're finishing up with smart music and we're integrating more music first as we get used to it as well. Oh, cool. And um, and the kids actually have figured it out really quickly. Pretty good. And you know, Jim, part of the reason why we haven't gone too far into it is just that, like you said, like we are really at this point in time focused on trying to make things work. Yep. And we are trying to go step by step. And at first we were sitting down at the beginning of the year trying to figure out, well, let's use this and let's use this and let's use this. But then we quickly figured out like, let's just get a couple things really solid. Cause if we feel overwhelmed, I'm sure the kids will feel overwhelmed with like all these different programs. So as we have gotten to be more comfortable with music first, like there's a lot of things that we love and there's other stuff that we know that we would grow to love. So we want to make sure that as we kind of get more comfortable with things, we can start integrating those when we feel like we have our head above the water. I feel like we just kind of, have to where we're like, <laughs> we're doing like a little doggy paddle <laughs> on a pond right now with our nose barely up, it's yeah. you know, and, Exactly. I mean, what, what Josh said exactly is that we were very overwhelmed because we have like Rhythm B that we use online. We use the quizzes program a lot. Yep. We use boom cards mm -hmm. um, that we buy on Teacher Pays Teacher. Um, we found all sorts of websites with like fun little note name games. And of course, musictheory.net we use extensively. Yep. We can run through there, of course. Um, so I mean, to the point to where like everything was an online something. Right, when we were right. at home in the fall, every single thing Everything's was, uh, and we felt like we were just producing and putting together almost like a band, our podcast. Like, yeah. now they're gonna do this, and then we're the hosts in between the thing. And now shift to this activity, and then we'd host and goof in the middle a little bit. Mm -hmm. And our job was to keep them happy and fun and, and it laughing, is. and it still is, still because we want, the, we want them to feel like when they come to our class amidst all the stress and whatever else is going on, I, I can't wait to get to that class or I like going to that class or I like getting online with that class. I feel good when I leave that class. And that's definitely something we've focused on a lot, yeah, even this more year. this year than ever before. Well, and I think, you know, Jim, I know you sent us some of these questions before. And one of the questions that you asked is, you know, what advice would you give to other music teachers who are thinking of incorporating music technology into their programs? And, you know, ultimately the thing that we've learned is that with COVID and even pre-COVID, like everything with band, as much as we, are very into performance and achieving at a high level, you know, like Rachel and I are, are two really hard on the sleeve, goofy type of people who just want the kids to fall in love with band, you know, yeah. and I think incorporating music technology takes some of the mundaneness away from the day to day grind of things, you know, and especially with COVID, I feel as if the more that you try to look at it from that perspective and stop complaining about what's going on in the world. You just kind of embrace it for what it is and try and figure out how to make it work. The more likely you are 
to have the kids stay in the program and for you to have a program when you come back. And we know? try to think of it, if I'm 11 or 12 and I'm sitting in this room, is this something I want to do or if not? If I don't want to do it, then why would they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 25, if I don't want to do it, I, why would right, like, Well, even today we said, oh, the beginning trumpets are really struggling remembering their fingerings. And the first thing I said is get out the iPads. They need to start playing some Ninjinius. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite apps for fingerings. So, I mean, our first go-to is always like to gamify things now gamify where before, exactly. you know, we had worksheets and, you know, mm -hmm. kill us. And now everything, uh, if it doesn't come in a game format, we're really probably not going to do, do it. The kids aren't interested <laughs> in it at all. <laughs> so as much as possible. Yeah, no, first of all, what I would love to point out in, in case the listeners didn't pick it up is that you are literally trying every single type of technology there is to keep mm -hmm. your program oh, yeah. going, to keep it vibrant. I mean, the tradition, three band directors in 88 years is nuts. I, and you know that, that is very, very, uh, that's not the norm. Um, and and having and being having two uh, band directors is, is really a testament to the growth of the program under your kind of guidance, Rachel, to get to that point. But the fact that you're literally, we don't care what it is, who made it, where it's from. We just want the kids to be learning, to be loving music, to be loving band. Um, I couldn't be any happier to hear, um, even though you've mentioned competitive products, I don't care. It's just wonderful mm -hmm. that you are trying everything um, to keep the kids move. I mean, because really, when you think about it, when this happened a year ago, everyone thought, oh, school's going to be shut for two weeks. Awesome. It's yep. like a two week snow day. This is, this is the greatest. And then I think for everyone, it probably started to sink in. Oh, my God. God, this is not good. Yeah. And, and all that work that music teachers like yourselves do, do did to get to the program to where it was at that moment, I'm sure everybody's heart sank going, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my program. These kids yeah. aren't going to come back. I don't know if I have a job. The budget might get cut. And so <clears throat> it is such a heartwarming thing to hear the two of you, first of all, the banter, I, I would love to just come and hang out with you guys. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Especially in a beer tent. And if you've listened to my other podcast, you know, I'm a hardcore beer drinker, beer, beer brewer. I'm a, I'm all about the beer. So I, that doesn't surprise me. All right. We'll forward you the next, when the Phantom Regiment alumni has their next <laughs> outing. We'll, we'll get you in. We'll get you in. All right. Please do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope uh, just to wrap up my little spiel here and we'll, we'll jump into a couple last questions is that um, I just love to hear that you're trying everything under the sun to keep the program going. It's that's what I hope every music teacher has been doing and not being afraid to try it, not being, you know, and it's just like by any means necessary is, is the kind of theme I'm getting from. from oh, yeah. And, and, you know, what you're saying about people watching, that was all of a sudden I said to my husband, like in April last year, I'm watching my life's work, like fall, like sh go through my fingers. It yeah. felt like like sand or something. And I I realized fairly quickly that the harder I grabbed onto what I thought it was, the more I would be in a lot of emotional pain yes, about losing absolutely. my perception of losing it. And so Josh and I spent a lot of time this summer just like, what you know, how do we move forward from this or how do we save this or how do we, what do we even want to save from this? And I, it was almost like this oh, moment when I realized the logistics and the numbers and the enrollment and the concerts aren't my life's work. My life's work is what I've learned from all of my 
colleagues and teachers and peers and students and students. And it's my relationships with those kids and my colleagues is what my life's work is. And we can replicate that. Now we feel like in any setting, you know, I, I feel like this has been very empowering for us yeah. that whatever they throw at us, you know what, we're going to figure out how to make this work because this is important for kids' lives. And if it truly is our career and something that we, it's part of us and not just our job, then that has to be our mission. That has to be the way we approach it is that how do we make this a reality in a meaningful way for kids, no matter what the adults are dealing with around them. And so I couldn't agree anymore. Let me, this question was not on the prepared ones, but I'm going to throw it out. And maybe Josh, if you want to take it, what, okay. what do you think your program's going to, let's say that uh, Tony, Fa Anthony Fauci's right. And everything is going to be 100% back to normal by Christmas, right? Meaning that it would be like a distant memory and let, let's hope that it's sooner, but let, let's pretend that the fall there, the, the word hybrid's gone. And we're in, what do you think the impact of all this technology stuff that you've been doing with your kids, you think you'll be still using some of it on the other side? Or, you know, what what's the lasting impact of the tech use over the last year on your program? Um, I think that there are certainly some ways that we would try to integrate things, um, mostly because our district is now one to one. So over the course of the past year, we have really worked hard to make sure that every kid has a Chromebook. Yep. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think there's a lot of um, opportunity to keep kids engaged via online stuff. But, you know, if we're being completely honest, you know, kids at this point in time are missing playing too. Like they oh, want to have those full band ex experiences and they want to do X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I think there's certainly some ways that we can integrate doing it. Even some of the things that we've done this year, um, there have been some times, just like I said, that we have the A and B split. So there's some days when I even have the people in person, like we'll take five minutes and just do like an online game or, and that's stuff that we did previously too. Mm -hmm. So I think there's certainly ways that we would um, do that. And, you know, I, I do foresee it being a little bit of a slower start as much as we want to hit the ground running. Like, I feel like we're going to have to gradually kind of get to that point of where we're going back to what our real normal was. Right. So right. I, I, I do still see a lot of that being integrated in our classroom, maybe not to the same extent, but, you know, especially smart music, music first, like those are things that we as a program really rely on pretty heavily. The theory quizzes, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. That was something yeah. that we always used. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. But I, I see us like, we will schedule concerts next year and they might be on the easier side mm -hmm. to start. We haven't, okay, so next year's eighth graders were sixth graders last year leaving. And normally they switch to their color instruments right after spring break. Like we switch, we start basic and then we switch our kids to bass, clarinet, tenor, berry, French horn, bassoon, oboe, bassoon. oboe tubas. Mm -hmm. So our seventh grade band right now doesn't have any of those because we never did that switch. So we're going to have an eighth grade band with kids on those color instruments that are essentially, beginners, a, you know, kind of starting over. So we're going to have to help them just pick the appropriate literature and environment and situations mm -hmm. that are good for what they're doing. But I, think I mean, the best part is that any good music teacher knows how to make that kind of band sound amazing because the audience has no clue. There is right. some really wonderful literature out there that makes a, a you know, a, a, an advanced beginning band sound like a. An, oh, you know, Rachel is queen of that. <laughs> Rachel is the queen of middle school literature. I'm telling you. Know, you. It's, well, and just we've always had a philosophy that no matter how difficult the music is, our standard of performance within that is still the same, whether they're your sixth grade band playing a 0.5 or the eighth grade band playing a four, you, 
you're still going to play this beautiful tone, balance, blend, you know, yep. rhythmic accuracy. So I think all of those things are going to be in place for our kids, mm -hmm. but we're just going to have to be a little less sophisticated in some of the literature choices yeah. we make. And maybe we do one like December concert next year instead of two. I don't know. We don't know yet, but we've, we've put them on the calendar and we've turned them in. Mm -hmm. So we'll, and if everything comes to pass, we'll, We'll do it. We have nothing to lose. Certainly, I people mean, will be yeah. happy to be there. I think. Yeah, I think the kids and the the parents will just be happy that we can have a concert. Well, All we're right, gonna. We'll take it for granted. Well, we're gonna try to do a May concert. We're gonna try to do a parking lot performance Fantastic. where the back in the bus lot, like the kids set up, and then we have a huge field back there and invite the parents, bring their lawn chairs, and my the principal even suggested she goes, "How about some food trucks? Make it fun." And oh, like, yeah. yeah, let's bring some food trucks. So we told the Rock kids. Yeah, so we're all excited. So we're like, whatever the restrictions are, we can all spread out. We'll take our little paper, you know, our clips out and put our music on our stands and mm -hmm. each band pick a couple pieces that we've worked on this semester and make, you know, yeah, nice true. and easy, nice and easy, but it will be low, fun stress. To, low stress. Absolutely. More like a summer band thing. So mm -hmm. cool. So I have, I have uh, one last question for you and, and you each get to answer it. And that is the magic wand question. And that is if you could, um, change something about music first or, or, or music tech in general, what would, what would you do? Metronome. We want a metronome available at all times on all music first options. Okay. So <laughs> with, with a backing track, like with the backing track or with the, the sample. Okay, so here's what I'll do. First of all, we just released this uh, thing called Feature Upvote. It's, if you're part of the Music First Teachers Facebook group, you can go <gasps> and suggest that. Well, get on there, get on it, get on it. Yeah, yeah, no, um, his phone right now. Say it one more time. Uh, Music First Teachers Facebook group, there is okay. a, a link to what, we're, what we have called Feature Upvote. And the more teachers vote for a feature, the more likely it is that we'll build it. Um, well, we have a network, so you don't even know what you just did. <laughs> so we'll put that on our Facebooks and like, we'll, yeah, our friends and family will. All right. Very good. And the other thing is that, um, uh, if you, what, when I get, when we get off this call, I'm going to add an online metronome <laughs> tuner to your resources tab. I'll go in and find your, your site and add that, uh, and you'll have that. It's a free online metronome and tuner that'll Perfect. always be there for the kids. But, um, thanks Jen. That's we love it. Uh, I really, I truly mean it. I ha we haven't met before, and I feel like we're old friends. So uh, you, <laughs> you guys must be an absolute riot uh, at, at staff meetings. And uh, oh, we're something. <laughs> <laughs> staff meetings were more of the shady two in the back of the in the back of the room. Like, <laughs> class kind of crazy. Well, now we're online, so we can just text each other when we're on a meeting. But like mm. in real life, we used to be like the queens of the <laughs> sticky notes, notes. <laughs> across the table totally. to each other. <laughs> well, well, Josh and. Rachel, thank you so much for taking time at the end of your school day to speak with me. I truly appreciate it. And I'm sure that everybody is smiling just as much as I am. So thank you and have a great rest of your school year. Thank, thank you, you so much, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.